I am aware that tomorrow marks a new season for many of us in the room. Some of us are going back to school. Who is actually in the room and you're going to school tomorrow? Wow. One, two, three. Fantastic. And then we've got the Hope Academy students. It, it, this, this, this week marks for many people in our world, in our church, it marks a brand new season. Change is coming. And change can bring stress. I remember I went to Mitchelton State High School. Um, why did people laugh? <laughs> people at Mitchelton High School can either run or fight. Um, I was a runner. Um, but uh, it was a tough area. Growing up around Kapira Mitchell in those days was a pretty tough gig. But, um, you know, I did pretty well at school in both academic and in sport. And, you know, by the time you get to year 12, you're the top of the pile. You know, you're the man. And uh, I remember leaving high school. You know, I had it all together. I was Mr. Cool, had hair to hair. And, and, I, and I went to QUT and uh, at Gardens Point there, big sandstone buildings. And I hadn't yet had my 18th birthday when I walked in. Actually, I hadn't had my 17th birthday. That's true. I, was, I finished school young. Um, and thinking about it, I think my parents might have bumped my age up because I was still 16 when I finished high school. And, and I walked onto the campus at QUT. And all of a sudden, I felt from being the man to being that small. And it was a really stressful season. Change does involve stress. Every season that new things happen, they're exciting. But the process of change does involve for us that sense for some anxiety, apprehension. And tonight, whatever you're doing, whether it's in the workplace, whether it's in college, school, wherever it is, we all are being called by God in the new adventures of faith. Would you agree on that? And, 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 and I believe that we have a God who continually does new things. He said, behold, I'm doing a new thing. And I believe that's what he's saying over our lives, over our church. Uh, but with that, it's exciting. But the process does involve a little bit of... <gasps> so tonight, I'm going to speak into that. And I want to firstly take you to uh, the great message that Jesus taught on the mountain. It's Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And uh, I really call us tonight to embrace this teaching. Matthew 6, verse 31. Jesus says, so do not, say not, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? I, I know... There's a lot of university students in here, and you relate to this. What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? These are standard student problems. I, I get it. I get it. You know, um, I'm, I'm expecting an invitation soon to the 50-year reunion of my year 12 class. 50 years. I know. I rode a dinosaur to school, and uh, it was really cool. Um, but I remember, you know, I remember just you'd work out your budget because, you know, we didn't have a lot of coin and that really hasn't changed in five decades. And you work out some things and sometimes it's just a stressful, how do we make ends meet? And some of us are actually not making the decisions we should because we're actually held by fear instead of stepping out in faith. And Jesus says, don't do this. Listen to what he says. He says, pagans do those things. Pagans run after these things. I love this line. Listen to verse 32. For your heavenly Father knows that you need them. How good is that? In the same, same message, Jesus says, you know, 
He says, there's not a sparrow that falls that he doesn't know. He says, the, the, the mountains are covered with these beautiful flowers and the mountains and the flowers aren't stressing, so relax. You're my children. And Jesus said, your heavenly father knows what you need. So re- re- relax. Live by faith. Live biblically, steward your finances biblically, but trust God has got you in this. I, 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 seriously, I know you look at the colour of my hair and think he wouldn't understand. I was a student. I, I drove in university a 1962 VW. When I first got it, my dad bought it for me. I still remember going to the car yard. He said, I bought you a car, son. I thought, awesome. I turned up at the car yard and there's all these new shiny cars. I thought, Dad, you're amazing. He said, no, not one, not none of them. It's the one right down the back. Uh, <laughs> it, it had so many colours on it. I ended up painting it myself and it came up looking pretty good. But, but this thing, I, I had such little money that some of you in this room are old enough to remember that you, most service stations didn't stay open at night and they used to have petrol pumps that were driven by 20 cent pieces. So I wouldn't go into the petrol station and get my fuel during the day because I was too embarrassed to get 80 cents worth of petrol. So I'd go at night and I'd put in four 20-cent pieces into the thing and I'd pump it and then I'd lift the hose up to make sure everything in the hose (laughs) came out. I get this. I get this. All right. Jesus says, listen. Stop stressing about the little stuff because you've got a big God. And he says this. I want you to notice this. There's some really, really important teachings here. Verse 33. But seek first his kingdom. He said, your heavenly father knows what you need. Whatever you're stepping into this brand new year. Your heavenly father knows what you need. New job, new home, new relationships, whatever it is, your heavenly father knows what you need. But here's the challenge. Seek first. Seek when? Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. I love this little word. And all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I want you to notice what Jesus was teaching there. He was teaching the what, the when, and the why. The what, the when, and the why. What do we do? We seek first. That's when. When. We teach first. We don't put Jesus second. We don't put his kingdom second. We don't actually put... Things of the kingdom such as being planted in his house and living in the word and spending time with him. We don't put that second, third or fourth priority. We seek him first. Seek first what? The kingdom, which the apostle Paul said is a kingdom of righteousness, joy and peace. You want joy? Seek first the kingdom. You want his peace? Seek first the kingdom. Why? Because all these other things will be added to you as well. And my assignment tonight is real simple. We're not going to go long tonight. I'm going to pray over you because some of you have got a, a big week ahead and, and I'm going to pray over you. I'm going to give you time for those that don't. have got time to hang out and fellowship and Pastor Ezra is going to tell you what that's all about. But I've got a simple assignment tonight. That is to remind you that God is for you and he wants to invite you into a, a new space that is filled with his joy and peace. So I'm going to give you three challenges. Are you ready? Three challenges, then we're going to pray for our students, for you, and others that need our prayers. Number one, here's challenge number one. Choose the right environments. 
choose the right environments. Psalm 1, classic psalm. There's, there's a little, little rule when you're interpreting scripture. It's called the law of first mention. And many times God puts things right at the start so you really take notice. And I think Psalm 1 is the anchor point and reference point for everything else that happens in the book of Psalms. Psalm 1, an important one about environments. Are you ready for it? I'm going to read you the first three verses. Blessed. Anybody want to be blessed? Blessed is the one that does not walk. I've, got, I've, I've, I've underlined some words here. Does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. Let me tell you, uni students especially, they're going to teach you over the next year that they're going to teach you to think. No, they're not. They're going to teach you to doubt and be cynical about everything, especially your faith. Been there, done that, and I've watched too many amazing young men and women red hot for Jesus in the youth group and go through university training and their, their spiritual temperature goes down, down, and down until the point that they're cynical, they're on keyboards and judging everything about the church and Jesus. Be careful what affects your soul. Be careful. Walk away from wrong influences. You want to stay blessed? Verse 2. Those blessed people delight in the law of the Lord, and they meditate on his law day and night. Meditation of scripture is very much like digestion of food. Correct, Dr. Dave? You don't just pick up a whole loaf of bread. Well, I've, I've seen 15-year-olds and they do do this, but apart from them, you don't pick up a whole loaf of bread and shove it down your mouth in one go. You take time, you chew on it, and you let everything begin to be absorbed into the fiber of your body. That's what we do in scripture. Some of us just pick a few verses and randomly go through it. I want to challenge you this year to perhaps... Be somebody that journals. I'm not the greatest journaler in the world. But I have, ever since our encounter weekend in August last year, I've done more and more journaling. And I'm a richer person for it. I'll be honest, I've got the attention span of a blowfly. All right. Uh, And so I I sit down to journal, next thing I'm drawing boats. That's me. All right. So so this isn't easy, but I'm taking time... To read the word slower, chewing a verse at a time sometimes, thinking about it, writing it, questioning it. Come, come sometime to some of the staff and I go, hey, you know, the other day I was reading this in, in, in second le- uh, Paul's second letter to the Corinthians. This is what it says. What do you think? And, and I'm digesting it and it's actually building me up. Oh, but you know, Pastor Wayne, sometimes I read scripture and I can't remember what I read. Can I tell you something? I do not remember what I ate on Thursday but I'm living in the strength of it. Just get it into your soul. You want to be blessed? Stay out of cynical environments. Stay out of places where people are just pointing the finger at the church. They're everywhere. Get it. Stay out of those spaces online that are deconstructing left, right and centre and criticising this and that and, and talking about the fact that the year of the Holy Spirit's over. No, no, no. Jesus said in the last days he'd pour out his spirit. We're living in radically last days. And this, these are the days of the Holy Ghost. Somebody say amen. So get out of those spaces that are causing you to doubt. Get into the word of God. This is what it says. See, this isn't an accident being blessed. It's consequence of decisions you make. Verse 3 says that person, the person who chooses the right environment, 
Doesn't get into spaces where language and subject is questionable. No, no, no. They choose the right environments. They stand, they walk, they sit with the right people. They live in the word. They try to start each day in the word. If they start really, really early, they finish each day in the word. Or they take a lunch break and open scripture. Think about it. The promise is that person is like a tree planted by streams of water. And you'll yield fruit in season. A leaf doesn't wither. And listen to this. And whatever, not, not whatever, but whatever they do, prospers. I want you to prosper. I was preaching in Morton this morning. I told them that we regularly pray almost every time our pastors gather and we start our staff meetings on Tuesday, almost every time we pray 3 John 2 over you. And this is our prayer. We pray that you prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. It starts with a prospering soul from the inside and it works its way out. That's the kingdom of God. You see, religion tries to start on the outside. Tell you what to wear, tell you how to behave, what your haircut should be and all that stuff because we're religious. No, 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 no. The kingdom of God is within you and it starts on the inside based on decisions we make and it works its way out. See, the psalmist is identifying something that's reinforced regularly in the book of Proverbs. Let me give you two Proverbs. And if you don't remember too much more about the company you keep, I want you to remember these if you can memorize them because these will be anchor points for your future. Proverbs 13 verse 20 says, If you walk with the wise, you will become wise. For the companion of fools suffers harm. You know what Solomon's saying there? Really simple. You go like the company you keep. So, get around what you want to become. You want to be a happy person? Get around happy people. You want to be miserable? There's a lot of miserable people out there. Hang with them. It gets on you. All right? You want to be full of faith? Get around faith people. Want to be generous? Get around generous people. You want to be a soul winner? Get around soul winning people. Come on. You go like the company you keep. I can tell you, I can tell you what you're probably going to be like in five years from now if you just tell me the names of your five best friends. Because what you're walking with, you will become. Second proverb, Proverbs 27, verse 17. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. I like to go fishing. And every fisherman knows you need sharp knives. Every trip, I'm sharpening a knife. You need steel. And sometimes when you're sharpening a knife, some sparks will fly. Some heat is generated. That sometimes happens when you're around people of substance. But those people will challenge you. They'll call you out. They'll inspire you to live a bigger life, do better things. Not... And you know what? They're the people who will give you an edge. You get around that other stuff, it takes your edge off. You move from the front row to the back corner. You raise your eyes every time they take up the offering. There you go. Church wants your money. Taking the end, You know what I'm saying? Oh, you know, this, all this stuff about volunteering. Church is just going to wear you out. Taking the edge out. Get around people that are going to give you an edge. Puts a sparkle in your eye and a fire in your belly. Come on. There's one life. Let's live it full on for Jesus. Get into the right environments that will cause you to rise up and be a champion in Jesus' name. 
Challenge number two. You choose what you focus on. You choose what will be the focus of your life. I, I cannot overstate the importance of being disciplined in what we focus on. There's a simple scripture. It, it's in 2 Corinthians 3. I don't know if we've got it for the screen, but it, it's actually, it, we do. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18. Here's, here's a great thought. Paul says, we all, in fact, read, read it out loud with me. Here it is. Read, read it out loud with me. It's on both screens. I want you to see this. And we all, with unveiled faces, contemplate. Some versions say, before we go on, say, gaze upon. Some versions say, behold the Lord's glory. And are being what? Transformed. That's going to be a big word at Hope Center in 2024. Transformed into his image with ever Increasing glory. Here's a big thought if you're taking notes. What you behold, you become. So when we spend our lives Jesus-centered, worshippers, praisers, people who love the scripture, what you behold. Paul says, as we behold him, we are changed bit by bit, day after day, and we become more and more like the one we're gazing upon, and that's our Savior, Jesus Christ. You choose what you gaze upon. And I don't want to make it too dark tonight, but let me tell you something. That's why you've got to watch out what you gaze upon on the screens. There's a spirit behind some stuff. And some of that stuff is so addictive. Some of our team, Pastor Luke has spent the last few years helping men break the power of pornography. And it starts by choosing to gaze at the wrong stuff and it literally grabs your soul. Choose to focus on Jesus. What you gaze upon. You just you become more and more like him. I want to spend my days inch by inch, not always big bounds, but shuffling. More to be like Jesus, because I'm looking to him. See, what you focus on will set the tone of your soul. A couple of weeks ago, I think I was preaching here, and I shared a story Lynn and I had some of our family over, and, you know, the, the weather hasn't been great over this summer. And it's been a lot of grey skies and a lot of rain, etc., etc. But we had one of those days, and we'd had a great day with family, and they were leaving. And then all of a sudden, the clouds broke, and the sun came through. And, and, and the sky lit up this magnificent pink colour. We have a saying, if you go out on the water, pink sky at night is a sailor's delight. It says tomorrow's probably going to be a great day. And I remember when you look up, as we all did, somebody said, oh, look. And we all went, oh. I I don't know about you, but just a moment of that, you just, something shifts. You feel better. I, I know the difference in gazing upon a magnificent sunset compared to looking upon a terrible accident. So choose what you focus on. What you behold you become. What's going to be the focus of your life this year? What's going to be the focus of your life? You you know, it's easy to be focused on the problems. You will never surprise one of your pastors by saying, you know, this church has got problems. They'll go, yep, we know. Can I tell you why this church has got problems? Ready? People are in it. No, I'm serious. People are in it. That... So, so can we move from being people who say, oh, the church, there's so many problems. That you, well, 
number one, let's be the answer. Number two, let's get our eyes off that stuff and let's look at all the great things that God is doing in your own life. Stop looking in the mirror and going, oh, you know, I've got all these problems. Oh, look at that. No, no, just focus on the good things about your life. I had the joy this morning of praying for like a large group of children and, and uh, parents and school teachers that are heading off into the new school year today. And I reminded them, regardless of what your biology teacher is going to tell you this year, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You're not an accident. You're not some slime that got lucky, grew a tail and swung through the forest till you went to university. No, 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 no. You, you, are, you are created by a living and loving God. Uh, in fact, David said this in Psalm 139. He said, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I dare you to do that. Luke can tell you, I sometimes do that in front of the mirror with a towel on. Uh, you are, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I, you know what? I like being me. I like having white hair. I like it. I like it. You can find me in a crowd. This is like a lighthouse. <laughs> Fearfully and wonderfully marvellous are your works, O Lord. And he says, and my soul knows very well. Instead, I'm not saying, oh, my legs are too skinny, my nose is too big, my ears are thick out. No, no, no. Fearfully and wonderfully made. There's only one of me. Only one's got my DNA, my thumbprint, my eyesight. But no, no one else. I'm a unique creation. Focus on that. Otherwise, you focus on all your faults. Guess what that'll do to you emotionally? Come on, let's be people that build each other up. Let's even build ourselves up, the Bible says, in your most holy faith. Live grateful. Focus on the good things. Are you with me tonight? Number three. Here we go. Choose to stay full of the Holy Spirit. The Apostle Paul, he encouraged the church to be being filled with the Holy Spirit. He didn't say be filled. I can tell you about a night before my 21st birthday when I was filled with the Holy Spirit. But I can tell you that again, today, I was filled with the Holy Spirit. And tomorrow I want again be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's a continual tense. Be being filled with the Holy Spirit. Let's not dry up because we need the Holy Spirit. Here's why. The the prophet Joel, one of the great verses in the Minor Prophets, at the end of the, the Old Testament, he wrote this. It was such an important declaration that Peter repeated it on the day of Pentecost. Joel 2.28. He said, and afterwards... I will pour out my spirit on all people. You ready for this? Your sons and your daughters. In other words, the young people. I'm going to give them a vision for their life. Your sons and your daughters, they'll firstly prophesy. Your old men. I don't know what an old man is. An old man, for the rest of my days, is always going to be somebody a year older than me. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. I'm really still, this is a theme of my heart. If you've been around me lately, you would have heard it more than once. For the mature age, it's time to dream again. I'm a boat guy. I love being on the boat. I love being on the water, near the water. And you know, I I, I go past Lynn and I were just, the other day we were down at one of the harbours. I looked out. Down at the Manly Harbour, it's, it's the largest private marina in the Southern Hemisphere. It's massive, 15 minutes from here. And can I tell you, it's 
filled with white fiberglass. Boats everywhere. And I'm down there a lot. Can I tell you, there are some boats that never go out. Had so much potential. Somebody one day thought, you're going to be amazing and we're going to go on these incredible adventures. And today they're tied up at the dock. Can I tell you something? Those yachts remind me of a lot of Christians. Went to Planet Shakers and answered the altar call. Going to change the world. Now I'm tied up to the dock at the bay. It's time to dream again. It's time to dream again. It's time to let the Holy Spirit, oh, I feel a touch of heaven in this room. It's time to let the Holy Spirit fill us again and dream dreams. You young men, you young women, it's time to let him give you a vision for your life. When you've got a vision for your life, you've got a reason to get up. It'll get you up quicker than an alarm clock. When you want to be a champion, when you want to live like a champion, you're up there ready to go at the start of the day because I can see what I can be. I can see what I can do. Oh, it's time to be filled with the Holy Spirit and it's time to prophesy. A verse that the Holy Spirit has reminded me of most days in this new year is simply this. Despise not prophesying. I believe in the power of prophecy. Not every prophecy sounds old school and has got a whole lot of old New King, old King James language in it. Sometimes it's just that spiritual insight where you see. Sometimes it's you speaking the word of God with authority into situations. See, if I was to prophesy, it's quite simple. Here's a simple illustration. Kate would say, could you go and tell Lynn Alcorn she's a very attractive woman? Happily. Lynn, I want you to know that Kate is saying you're a very attractive woman and I want to second that. I've just taken the words of somebody and spoken them on their behalf to someone else. Let's demystify prophecy. Let's get the word of God and speak to sickness. Speak to bondage. Speak to fear. Speak to negativity. Come on, speak to the areas that need a breakthrough. Take the word of God. The word of God and begin to speak it into atmospheres. You don't do that when you're lukewarm or just religious. You do it when you're full of the fire of the Holy Ghost. And it's time for us again to live Saturday night youth camp every day of our life. Why, why, why do we have revivals on a Saturday night at a youth camp and, and by, you know, Monday, six weeks later, brr, cold again? It doesn't have to be. Be being filled with the Holy Ghost. John the Baptist likened the Holy Ghost when he saw Jesus. He likened the Holy Ghost to fire. Can I ask you this question? It's not judgmental, but it's a question we have to answer ourselves internally. Are you living red hot for Jesus? Are you on fire? If not, find those things in your life. Daily worship. This generation's got so much to help you. We grew up without Spotify. We had to use tapes that usually got stuck in the machine. You've got all this stuff going for you. You've got podcasts, great preachers. Come on. And they're useless if we don't access them. They won't affect us if we focus on everything else. Let's stay full 
of the Holy Spirit. A quote that really has stirred me up lately. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm probably more fired up about the future of this church than I was 20 years ago. The great artist Michelangelo said the problem for most of us is not that we aim too high and miss it, but that we aim too low and we reach it. Can you, can you see what God could do in you and through you this year? Prophesy to your future. Have you got a God-given vision? Can, can I be really brutal? Are you here tonight because you're passionate or like, oh, well, this is just what I do. No, 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 no. Get into atmospheres where you get full of the Holy Ghost. You'll be running to this place. You'll never be late again. I'm, t- I'm telling you. I was glad when they said, let's go to the house of God. Because I'm going to get around more people that are on fire for him. And we're not just going to keep it in our little holy cocoon. We're actually going to get together and encourage each other. And then we're going to go and change the world in his name. So stay full of the Holy Spirit. Huh. I've got so much more I want to share, but I'm aware of the night it is. We'll pick this up on another night. Choose the right environments. I'm not talking about being judgmental and hurtful towards people. Just choose where you stand, walk and sit. If you're sitting at a lunch hour and, and the conversation goes south real quick, politely get up and walk away. Choose the right environments. The environments are the presence of God. Choose what you focus on. Looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And get filled and stay filled with the Spirit.